business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Now I make money move. You can't see me. My time is now. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness, business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Mansell. I am your host, joined by a very special guest for this episode of the pod, Luke Koek. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. And I love the started the podcast. <laughs> you love the intro. I love your yeah, intro. You got, you got to uh, see it and hear it live for the very first time. Pumped to be here, man. Thank man, you so much. Super excited. Um, I've. Uh, it's funny because I have a list of uh, potential guests for the podcast um, and your name has actually been on that list for quite some time. Wow. And you and I connected through the Instagram DMs a couple of weeks ago and I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Let me just ask Luke if he's if he's keen, and uh, you know, invited you on, and you were super keen, and uh, here we are, making it happen. Yeah, humbled to be here, man. I appreciate it. Um, it's pretty cool to be on your list, sir, as well. Oh, thank um, you. We've known each other for a while too, yeah. in, in the fitness industry space, yeah. over a decade at least. Yeah. Um, and we yeah chatting just multiple chats and yeah, yeah I'm pumped so yeah yeah we've got, we've got a lot to get through and I think uh, I think you guys listening and uh, and watching this episode are going to get so much value out of this episode um, between Luke and I combined there's over 30 years of fitness industry experience which is like unheard of <laughs> just never fucking happened we were just talking about it before be saying saying like you know people don't even last three years in yeah. the fitness industry and we've been doing and 10, 12 plus. 100%. And then I kind of look back and we both look back and I kind of go, when did that happen? Yeah. Like, how did we, how does this, how did it happen? Yeah, it's like snap of fingers. It has shit. been, honestly. Yeah. It yeah. really has. Yeah. And I mean, the title of this show is the Fitness Times Business Podcast, right? And we've been in the business side of fitness combined for over 30 years. So I feel like this has potential to be the best episode ever. Oh, dude, <laughs> Just... you're putting so much pressure on me now. <laughs> Not to put pressure, oh, but, man. Uh, but here we go. Listen, man, I want to start just just with a little bit of background, you know, for, for um, the listeners and the viewers who are meeting you for the very first time. You know, I know a bunch of, of your clients are going to tune in, so they know who you are. But, uh, you know, to the majority of the others who they're like, man, who is this guy? Why was this guy on Joe's list to yeah, come on the podcast? Who, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, to, you know, introduce yourself, give us the elevator pitch, and then let's talk a little bit about your origin story as well, how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, cool. So, Mr. Luke Cook, Energized Personal Training, uh, started off originally as a chef straight out of school. And then moved into the personal training space and just had a sickening passion for, for personal training. Yeah. It was just 10 years of face-to-face personal training, up to as many as 60 sessions a week. And um, became a physique competitor. Uh, I've now got two kids, um, father, husband, um, and hype coach. Like, I just have… We spoke about it before and you said, like, how have you been doing 10 years of personal training? And I didn't really have an answer, did I? I was just kind of like, I just loved it. I just, I had nothing else but love and help people and get people hyped up. 100%. And now, what am I doing? Online coaching. The last five years has moved into the online coaching space and has enabled me to kind of build the lifestyle that I've, I've got now, which is incredibly amazing and it's, it's quite humbling to be looking back and say, hey, wow, you've been in the fitness industry like 15 years. Mm, mm. And I think, um, so So straight out of high school, right, you spent a couple of years as chef, yep. Luke Cook, as you as you say. Um, I know, it's yeah. Cook, right, but it's co Yeah. 
So yeah. pronounced cook, weird. Really? Really, man. I know you've been saying it wrong for Is 10 really? years. I'll, I'll correct you now, but it's coek, it's cook, it's Dutch. Fuck, you've let me say that like <laughs> that way Sorry, for man. so long. Everyone I does. Were, I thought you were taking the piss because nah, you were actually it is a cook. actual cook. Yeah. yeah okay. Know. There yeah. you go. All Thanks right. Well, let me people. reintroduce you. It's yeah, Luke yeah. Cook on the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. Anyway, so you come out of high school straight into um, cooking, straight into being a chef, and uh, you have a few problems with that: the hours and the um, smell of food, and you know all of the, the not so nice things about terrible chef things about uh, you know building a career in a in a kitchen. But you do learn a lot of lessons from that, right? When it comes to work ethic, when it comes to discipline, when it comes to working under high stress situations at a very young age, like you're a teenager then as well. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I think that the big part of becoming a chef and learning the experience behind that was yeah, pressure work ethic, work rate, and has given me the experience and the knowledge behind food and nutrition because that was where my passion lied. Like fitness aside, I love cooking. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, I wouldn't be where I am without that career mm -hmm. and the transition to then now providing people with like nourishing meal plans. Yeah, 100%. And we're going to get to that because I really want to take a deep dive into the business side of that part of your online coaching business. But so you come out of um, out of cooking out of being a chef and then you're into to personal training and you spend 10 years personal training man and we were just talking about this just as we were doing a little brief for this podcast like the the half-life or the not half-life the, the shelf life the entire time that most personal trainers spend as personal trainers is it's got to be on average like two years yeah like maybe max like three or something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i watch a lot of personal trainers come and go and I still, love, I still know a lot of great personal trainers, mm. but yeah, 10, a decade. Yeah. And you do that and you, you, you do well, right? Obviously, you're doing it for 10 years, right? You're 10 really years, fully booked personal trainer well. for over 10 years. 60 sessions a week, you know, uh, just working your ass off. I remember doing a 5 a.m. client and not finishing till like 10. Yeah. That's a full day. Well, that's how you fit 60 <laughs> sessions in a week, man. <laughs> that's how it happens. Uh, and you kind of get to a point where, you know what, you've done this for 10 years and it's time to kind of move on to the next thing. And that is like five years ago, right? Yeah. That's kind of like just, just pre-COVID-ish, 2017, yeah, yeah, 2018, yeah, somewhere in yeah. there. And then you're like, no, 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 I'm going to get into the online coaching space because it's going to allow me to do a couple of things, right? Live the lifestyle I want to live. Um, you know, you, you've got a young family at the time. Uh, and then also it's going to allow you to reach more people because you're not kind of capped at, like you're doing 60 sessions a week, but yeah. you know, how many clients are you actually seeing? Individual clients, they're booking in for multiple sessions. You're only kind of able to help, what, 30 people at a time? Yeah. And your, I mean, your kind of mission and, and what aligns with your core values is trying to help as many people as possible. Absolutely. So you transition into the online coaching space about five years ago, and then you've just kind of organically grown this… Keyword there. Yeah. Yep. Or this online coaching business into a very nice business for yourself. Yeah, uh, it did. It was, I got to a point where, to be honest, I was getting tired, like, let's be honest, that long doing personal training sessions. But it was also time for money. And the amount of work that I can get done in an hour, as I know now, is, is insane. So it got to the point where, well, I want to have a bit more of a lifestyle. I don't want to be, you know, in the gym 24-7 helping people. So I just created an online platform and fumbled my way 
to creating where the empire is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's the only way to say it. Yeah, and the, where the empire is now is you help hundreds of people um, at a time yep. uh, through your online coaching platform. You do almost no personal training now. I have, I have one client, <laughs> yeah, one, one dude who's been with me for three years. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's the, the longevity of all my clients that's, you know, will get there. But I've had the same clients that I've helped multiple times over multiple years. Yeah. I've just been able to hold that relationship and build that rapport with clients. And that's what personal training is. It's not only helping people physically, mentally, nutrition, you coach them, you mentor them, you're like your spiritual guru in some ways as well. Mm. And that's where it's got to the point where I've now scaled it to helping. I've officially overhelped over a hundred people this year already. That's awesome. Yeah. And we've still got two months left. Still got time to go, man. <laughs> let's let's to go. go. Yeah. But look, you know, one, one of the things that I, before I kind of take deep dives into to some of your experience and really extract some value from your fitness and business experience, you know, I want the listeners and the viewers to know that like you work fucking hard, man. You know, like we kind of go, you transitioned out of PT because it was a lot of like work contact hours, but you've got a lot going on, right? You're working with hundreds of people with the online coaching business. You're a husband. You're a father to two young children. You also compete as a men's physique athlete and you do very well as a men's physique athlete as well. So, you know, it's not kind of like this story of, yeah, I was working my ass off and now I just kind of kick back on a beach with my laptop and, you know, work with a handful That's of That's how online. it all looks. I know, That's right? That's looks. a fucking Instagram yeah. version of online coaching. Like you still, you, like you work, right? There's a lot of work that goes on. It's just different type of work to what you were doing when it was pounding the pavement from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., 60 sessions a week, face-to-face -face PT. Absolutely. And you know what, Joe? Doing that hard shit mm. is exactly why I am where I am today. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't it's, surprise me at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've both been there in the trenches doing the hours. Like I've seen you do some sickening hours, dude. You, of all people, have done some huge hours. Still do. I remember man. setting up that. <laughs> I know you yeah, setting up that Gawler store. I don't think yeah. you guys left for two days. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, it was the point where helping people transition to online, online blew up. And now it's, it's you know, I, I, I've been able to… Um, Fortunately, I spent every day with my daughter since she was born working from home in the office. You That's know, awesome. so I'm still being a dad, online with my clients, on calls, doing Zoom calls, managing to fit in my sessions. But I have been able to create the lifestyle that I want and the lifestyle of my dreams because I've just consistently followed my one direction. I think mm -hmm. that's something that we'll probably touch base on as well. But I wanted to become not only the best trainer in Gula, but then I wanted to become the best online coach in my space, in my field with nutrition. And that's what I did. I just, I just have been a sickening work ethic machine just for that one thing. And it blossomed. Doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Look, man, I want there's, there's a couple of things that I really want to dive into here. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of abuse uh, the time that we have together because I'm going to pull a lot of value out uh, that, that you guys, the listeners, the viewers, you guys are going to absolutely fucking soak this shit up. So let me start with time in the game. 10 years as a personal trainer is, I mean, when we, when you talk about like careers, like traditional careers, like, you know, a lawyer or an accountant. Fireman. Or, yeah. Or, you know, like anything, right? It's, it's kind of like, you know, your career, you got like a 20 year career and that's kind of the expectation. In the fitness space, 
I mean, the fitness space really hasn't been around long enough to kind of have developed an expectation. But no matter how you kind of look at it, 10 years in personal training is a long fucking time. What are your thoughts on the value of time in the game, whatever that game looks like? Yeah, good. Experience, isn't it? You know, I've, I've just acquired an insane amount of experience from time. I, I've said to you before, um, it would be, I wouldn't have learned what I had learned if I'd been in personal training for three years and then, you know, charging stupid, obnoxious amounts of money. I've acquired the knowledge from 10 years of experience has got me where I am. I feel it's, um, that's the only way to, I don't want only way to put it. Time versus experience has got me where I am. When I think about uh, like the recipe for success, right? Like I get asked from time to time, you know, Joe, what's the, what's the recipe for success? Like if you had to like pull out the, and you've come from a cooking background, so you appreciate recipes. If you had to go, you know, a little dash of this and a few shakes of this and, you know, this is the main ingredient. Like what are the ingredients that make up the recipe for success? And there's a few different elements to it in, in, in my, my personal opinion. I think that you have to have an insane work ethic, right? Absolutely non-negotiable. I think that you have to have passion for what you're doing as well because if you don't have passion, the work ethic is not going to be there. So the two things kind of work in conjunction with each other. You then have to have time in the game, right? There's no shortcut to the amount of time that you spend doing something because you can work your ass off and you can be passionate as all hell. If you only spend a couple of years doing something, that you haven't the, 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 that element, that, it, that part of that recipe is no there. It's not there, right? The time is not there. And that is really going to cut your capacity for success really, really short. And here's why. The longer you spend doing something, the more experience you get. But most importantly, the more times you're going to make bad decisions and the more times you're going to fail, but pick yourself back up, learn lessons from the failures and continue to move forward. That's, in my personal opinion, why time in the game, whatever your game looks like, is so important and why you can't shortcut the time, right? You can't, you can't, fail the number of times you need to fail in a shortened period of time, pick yourself back up, apply the lessons, pivot, do something else in, in a condensed period of time. It's just fucking impossible. You mentioned, you know, we were talking off camera before you were like, you know, if you lose, uh, let's say like 20 kilos, right. And you lose that 20 kilos over two years compared to losing that 20 kilos over two months, which one are you going to learn more lessons from? Yeah. 100%. That's what I've said to clients multiple times. I've helped, helped a, a gentleman last year lose 60 kilos yeah. in 12, just over 12 months. And, you know, I've helped people lose 20 kilos. Yeah. And I've always said, your journey has got you the education and the tools that you now have to have learned and to acquire that forever. Whereas if you've done like a six-week shred and you've dropped 15 kilos, you've learned nothing. Mm. And I feel like, yeah, I've, I've acquired a lot of knowledge. I've made mistakes. I've made financial mistakes. I'm sure you have as well. Um, I've moved gyms at wrong times that have cost me money and then paying double rent, doing all these dumb things. And now when I, like we've done the look back sort of situation, it's got me where I am. But, you know, the time and being patient, mm. 
to be able to to, to build this the, the online coaching platforms that I've built. I've still changed. I've, you you know you build multiple things, then you're like, I've got to change it. I've got to add this. I've got to make sure that this is happening. I've had so long to work on my strategies and my business platform that there's no way I would have been able to build what I've got now over like three years in the industry. Impossible. And I'm, I'm sure there's people like high five to you dudes. Like if you're, you're killing it in three years, well done. And you're really good at marketing. Like it's taken me 10 years to get good at marketing, Joe. So well, I'm still actually, like I said, I fumbled my way through. But yeah, it's it's 15 years. Yeah, 100%. Well, you, you've you been in the, in the business side of fitness for 15 years. I've been in the business side of fitness for a little bit longer than that. I think it's coming up to 18 years now. Um, and that's why I said at the start of the show, between the two of us, there's over 30 years of <laughs> fitness business combined experience. But man, like, you know, you, you, you just mentioned there, like, you know, if you've been uh, pursuing whatever it is you've been pursuing and you're killing it within three years, fantastic round of applause, happy for you. Uh, I guarantee you there's going to be something coming. And then it's going to be, okay, do you have what it takes to pick yourself back up and continue moving forward? Or is that the door shutting in your face? Which leads me to a question. If there's someone listening or watching right now, right? And they're at that point, right? So they've been, they've been working their ass off. They've got the passion, the recipe for success. The work ethic is there. The passion is there. They've been doing it for longer than they expected they would need to be doing it for to be successful. So let's say the expectation was it's going to take me three years and I'm going to be killing it, right? And maybe they're at the four-year mark now and they're not killing it. They're doing well, but they're not killing it just yet. What advice can you give when it comes to, you know what, you just need to keep going. You need more time in the game or, yeah, you know what, it's probably time to change direction and go do something else. It's just going to spark joy to your life. Yeah. That is honestly, you used the word passion when we first started. This shit still G's me up, man. Mm -hmm. It just still G's me up. That's maybe where the passion for 10 years has come through because every day I look forward to going to work. I know it sounds heaps cliche when you talk about it. You're like, Hoo. but I've just, it sparks joy to my life. The amount of people that message me now on the online platform saying, oh my God, I've dropped this much weight. Thank you so much for your help. And you showed me the wall when I worked in, walked in. Yeah. So Joe's got this wall of all these um, people that have written in to Joe's and massive Joe's. And, you know, thanks so much for helping me. That shit on the wall is why I do what I do. Yeah. And it's not, it isn't cliche, but sort of sounds like it. That's, that's where you're at. If you're not getting the kick out of getting out of bed or opening up your laptop on a beach, helping people find their like ultimate potential or helping them change their life. Like it brings me to emotion, man. Like a lot of the time when I've helped people, um, believe it or not, I actually ran an eight-week challenge and my sister won. <laughs> that doesn't sound rigged at all. That Luke. doesn't sound, <laughs> sounds terrible. But I've had people lose like substantial amounts of weight and you, you, you help people change their life, you know, some, from some of those messages. And it chokes me up. I get like emotional because I'm connected to my job so much. So if in four years in or three years in, you don't really give a toss about it and you're there for cash, that's something that I need to stress about. If you're trying to chase cash in this industry, fucking get out. It's taken me 10 years to get cash. 15 years. Like, like we, we use the word paying its dividends. Paying its dividends is now after a decade or 15 years. So if you're not getting out of bed pumped about helping clients or getting out of bed pumped about watching people succeed and get those messages that make you feel like warms your heart, then jog on. It's one of the reasons you mentioned the, uh, the board that we have here at, 
the main well it's 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 in the Hall of Fame. It's really it. cool. We call, we call it, it the yeah. Hall of Fame here. It's one of the main corridors here at uh, at MJHQ. Uh, and uh, as as uh, I kind of showed Luke around just before we jumped in here for the podcast, and I showed this wall. And so the the uh, board on the wall for those of you um, who haven't seen it, most of you haven't seen it because most of you haven't been in here. So <laughs> I, I feel better, very special. <laughs> so I better do a pretty good job of explaining it. Is it it has um, part of our company mission printed out above the board, right? And it says we're helping people improve their lives through health and fitness, right? Now, full company mission is we're helping people improve their lives through health and fitness by providing products, information, and experiences. So it takes the first part of that. It's printed above the wall. And then on this wall, we've got printouts of messages from Instagram DMs and Facebook and Snapchat and emails and, you know, all the different ways that that we kind of get um, messages from different customers. And then messages that are deeper than you know what? Thanks for the fast shipping. You know, even though our shipping is the fucking fastest. <laughs> it's real fast. Let me just tell yeah, you, yeah, no one good. comes close. Or, you know, thanks for the great customer service. There's heartfelt messages. There's yeah, like, they're, honestly, they're, they're like, shit you there. know what? I can't, well, you, you, there's one up there that's literally takes up the whole, the whole height of the board, right? Because it's like four messages. And they're messages like, you know what? I was in a really dark place. I came across a video of yours on YouTube. I started watching a bunch of your videos. You guys have literally saved my life, you know, or you know what? I was in um, an abusive relationship and I started listening to this podcast, the Fitness Times Business Podcast, and I binge listened for two days and you helped me get out of that situation that I was in. Uh, those sorts of things. And I, put, I print them up and I put them up there for everyone in the company to see, you know what? what we do is more than just sups and apparel and challenges and media and all the stuff we do. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. We're actually helping people improve their lives through what we do. And the vehicle at the moment is health and fitness through the products, through the information, through the experiences that we provide, but we're actually helping people improve their lives. And that's what I love about the fitness industry. Uh, I think it lost its way a couple of years ago. I feel like it, there was some big transitioning points for the fitness industry. I definitely feel like it's coming way back together. Like there's a lot more people that are, we're all mates. There's like, there used to be this, in the, you know, when you're a personal trainer in a gym with like 20 other trainers, you're like, Who, who's got more trainers than you? And like, I got the, you know, it used to be that. Like, what do you charge? It used to be like so much industry bullshit. And now it's just got to the point where I feel like there, there's brothers and sisters in the fitness industry that are all tagging each other. Who's best coach? Go see this person for this. You know, that's what it, that's what the fitness industry is about. That's what I love about the fitness industry is like, we're all here to help people. We're all here to, you know, provide information and to change people's lives because we love this shit. We want to help other people love this shit. As I, I could never not train. You know, I definitely know you couldn't. I could never not get up and train. You know what I mean? To, and then when you're trying to explain that to a brand new client, that doesn't train and you're trying to tell them what it's like to get the pump or like to like connect with your body and blood flow and circulation and how great it is for your, your body and your mind. They're like, what? Nah, you know that, you know, we're changing people's lives. So yeah, I'm, I'm humbled to be a part of it with you, sir. hundred percent. All right. Change gears. Real quick. All right, let's go. I want to talk about the transition from PT to online coaching, right? Because at the time, this is about five years ago now, you dedicated 10 years, right? Which at the point is like most of your adult life to being the best personal trainer that you could possibly be. And you're doing well, right? You're doing 60 sessions a week. You're, you're earning six figures at that point as a PT. It's like, it's good. 
But you make a decision to go, ah, you know what? It's time for me to start turning the page here and doing something different and what ultimately ends up becoming your online coaching business, which is what you do 100% full-time right now. Talk to me about that decision, what the driver was for that decision, and then talk to me about how you got to a position where it was like, you know what, I, I actually, even though as well as this is going, as a face-to-face PT, I need to start closing this door behind me and walking through the new one in front. Evie, it was a little bit of, I'm um, definitely getting tired because you provide people with so much energy and it's time for money. It's a whole hour. I used to do hour personal training sessions, like 45s and hours, and then you chat, it takes too long. Um, I'll use this word carefully, but I, I was my alignment with my life was slightly transitioning because obviously I had a daughter. Um, I have a seven-year-old, um, my wife, and trying to create a life where I had more freedom and more flexibility. Because if you're seeing people face-to-face, your times just disappears real fast. I remember running from a personal training session to my laptops, trying to online coaching plans to then get home to then like look after the girls or that it's, yeah, it's been chaos. So I just found that in an hour, uh, my productivity is is pretty insane. I can help six to 10 people in an hour on top of my personal training. And that personal training was always my bread and butter. That was something that I relied on. It was always my safety net. It was always definitely, like, it fed me my bread in Gola, little old Gola, anyone listening? And it was at that point where it was like, I, I said to you, I was never been, I've never been scared. I've never made like movements in my business being scared. I've always just kind of go, that's what I'm doing. And I've just excelled forward with like fail forward sort of situation. And it kind of got to the point where personal training numbers kept coming down and I kept saying no. Um, a little bit because of commitment issues with other people. I wanted to really train people that wanted to work. I didn't want to train people for chats. Sorry, guys, if you're out there, but some people were just kind of like, you know, you're just here it's for a chat. Aspect. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. Everyone says, yeah. oh, i got a personal trainer. Like, you know, look at how many businessmen have got personal trainers. They probably like just spin bike and then they go home. But um, it got to the point where I wanted to work with people and I, it's something to get into later, but I wanted to work with people who want to work. If I'm going to train you, man, we're training. So personal trainer numbers came down and I was able to acquire more and more online people. And because of the organic market that I had created from 10 years, I had people that were past clients. Well, let's move you to online. And then, hey, he's doing coaching plans and he's a coach, you know, see my personal trainer. And it grew and grew and grew to the point where it scaled to, you know, 20 clients and then 30 clients and climbed. And then I wouldn't, I, I, I literally backed off PT. I just, I had to get to the point where I said no, because I think there's a the huge power in saying no to things. which creates a resilience for what can come. And if you don't say no to things, your potential to grow isn't going to happen. Yeah. Well, you can't say yes to everything. Right. Correct. Like saying, saying, saying no to certain things allows the capacity to say yes to other things that are more important, or as you kind of put it, more aligned with where you're at at your life in that at that particular point in time. Interesting that I just want to circle back to because you know this is something I see through my business mentoring. Right. So I um on a little side project, side passion project <laughs> of mine, in addition to this podcast, is I do business mentoring, right? And I work with a bunch of different clients in um, a whole range of different businesses, different industries and whatnot. And um, 
every now and again, I'll have a client that I work with that is in similar to this kind of situation, a transitionary process where it's like they, they're doing this, right? And, and it's doing really well, but they want to kind of transition into the next chapter, whatever that looks like for them. And I, I see, not my clients because I kind of coach them through it, but I, I see from time to time a big mistake that people make is they completely close that door and then kind of go, well, now that that door is completely closed, now I can walk through the new door and enter the next chapter of my life. In my personal opinion and in my experience with working with different mentees, the way that you have gone about it is the much better way to go about it, where it's this, it's this pivot, right? It's kind of like you can have both doors open at the same time, right? You don't need to completely close that door behind you to be able to walk through the new one. You can kind of have, you know, keep that back foot back over there and then just slowly kind of progress forward into this next new thing. And when the, the, uh, the tide turns and you can make that complete transition, that's when you do it. And the reason why I think that's the best possible way is because it allows you to obviously meet your, your commitments and your obligations, right? For you at the time, you had a young family, right? You've still got financial obligations. You've still got commitments. You've still got all of this shit that you need to take care of. So you can't just go and close the PT uh, door completely behind you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the bakery that's providing the bread. You can't go close that. There needs to be the transitionary period because it just makes fucking financial sense. It just makes business sense to be able to do it. I think the other reason why it's super important is because what you think is behind the door in front of you may not be what you think it is, right? And I see a lot of people with these grand visions of, of lifestyle and success and money and, and, you know, whatever it looks like. And that's great. You, like you have to have that. You got to have the optimism and the confidence, but there's a difference between being idealistic and being realistic, right? And sometimes what's behind that door isn't what you imagine it to be. But if you've closed the door behind you that you, that you, you know, that was the bakery, yeah. you got nothing to go back to. So, you know, the transitionary period, I think, is, is really, really important. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me that that's kind of how you went about that. Well, it's good that it was smart. <laughs> <laughs> looking back yeah, on looking it. Back. Looking back. Yeah, on I, it. I never would have just burned the bridge and just left. I think I've only just had my name off the wall, bro. Mm. Like from having like Anytime Fitness is where I like landed the last few years of my career. And I think I've only just come off the wall as a trainer. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like retired. Five years retired later. Retired yeah. five years later being on the wall because someone would be like, hey, does he do personal training? He's like, oh, he's not really here. Um, but I guess that was, and I, I had I had three jobs. Like I I used to be, a, I've been a concreter yeah. as long as I've been a personal trainer mm-hmm. and an online coach. And that was another one that I had to say no to. You know, that's, you know, as all the traders out there, you know how hard concreting is. I used to concrete, then go personal train people, then do my online coaching plans all in one day. And it was one that, again, I had to say no to because yes, concreting trades, we, we do good, it's a good money. You get paid quite well. But I was away from my daughter for a whole day. I would be stimulated by out external um, things that would be not in my normal way of living, you know, eating your food, getting your meals in, um, you know, being stress-free. Tradies are never stress-free. Um, you know, come for beers and those sorts of things. So I had to say no to that sort of those specific days as well because it stopped me from progressing in my business. Because that Thursday or that Friday, 
that was two or three hours of me coming up with new ideas, reaching out to clients, marketing new ideas. It was those. So that was a that was another transition, another one I had to say no to. And it came to the point where now it's like I'm just excelling in that one field, creating platforms that work. Um, I've been able to now become adapted to a niche. Never had a niche. We talked about that a little bit too. But now I have strategies, platforms that work, and I just hammer all of those. Let's go down this uh, niche uh, rabbit, rabbit hole. The niche rabbit hole. Yeah, there's this. I uh, hate it. Love it. Uh, there's there's this um, there's this concept uh, called smallest viable market, and it's uh, it's a concept that has been gaining a lot of traction uh, recently. I'm, I'm, let's say like the last year or so. Let's say like the last two years, just to expand it up. And it's it's something that I first came across um, by uh, a guy called Seth Godin. And I've mentioned Seth on this podcast before, a few of his different books and whatnot. But um, for those of you who don't know Seth, or perhaps you've never heard the name before, um, Seth is widely regarded as uh, one of the uh, world's marketing experts, probably the best way to put it. Yeah, this blew me away when you told me. Yeah, yeah. And Seth, I mean, Seth wrote a a book 20 years ago called Purple Cow that effectively predicted what was going to happen to marketing and advertising as it's played out over the last 20 years. And you go back now in 2022 and you read this book that was published in two, two, the early 2000s and you're like, how the fuck did he know? <laughs> this Can we was like a, scroll forward and see what's what? up? Yeah. How was this, this guy's got like a crystal ball or some shit. So anyway, because of that and a lot of the content that Seth has produced, he's garnered a, a lot of, like a lot of people listen to what he says now, right? And one of the things that he says now is he talks about this smallest viable market and the, I'm going to paraphrase the kind of theory here, but you'll get the gist of what I'm saying. Is Seth's thing is because people's attention has been so fragmented by social media and the the digital age, but particularly by social media, right? So we don't all sit down and watch the 6 p.m. news on one of three channels anymore, right? We don't all tune into one of five radio stations as we're driving to work, right? That kind of concentrated attention over a small number of platforms has just exploded over the last 20 years, right? So now most of us don't even watch the news. We scroll through a social media platform of our choosing to get our news. We don't listen to the radio. We listen to a curated playlist that we've put together on Spotify that other people follow, you know, like all of constant strains. It's just it never never ending, right? But because of that, Seth says, you know, the 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 traditional way of trying to go as wide as you can, right? And reach as many people as you can with your message is fundamentally broken. And it's never going back to that, right? Other than let's say um, a Super Bowl commercial a Super Bowl commercial or an AFL grand final TV ad that it just doesn't exist anymore. So he says, what's gonna what's the next uh, um, chapter in marketing has to be about the smallest viable market. So rather than trying to go as wide as you possibly can reach as many people, it's about going as narrow as you possibly can, reaching the smallest viable market and going as deep as you possibly can into that market. You have done, whether you know it or not, and I didn't know it. Yeah. Well, you didn't know it uh, until I told you about yeah, it. Yeah, an yeah. exceptional job of going narrow and going deep. And you talk about it when you were personal training. It was like, I want to be the best personal trainer in Gawler. Right? And so for the listeners and the viewers who don't know where Gawler is, Gawler is just outside the Barossa Valley here in um, the 
far northern suburbs of Adelaide in South Australia. It is um, a, an area of 10 kilometers radius, maybe. Even know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's, a, there's a population up there of maybe 50,000, maybe a little bit more now because it has grown with urban sprawl and whatnot. But it's, it's small, right? It's, 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 it's a small area. And you were just like, you know what? I'm not interested in being the best personal trainer in South Australia or the best personal trainer in Adelaide or the best personal trainer in Australia. I'm interested in being the best personal trainer in this small area. So that if you are in this small area and you're looking for a personal trainer, someone's going to tell you to go see Luke Cook. Correct. Right. And now as you've transitioned into the online side of your business, your thing is, you know what? I want to be the best online coach when it comes to meal plans. So if you're looking for an online coach who's going to have the best meal plans, who, who are you going to go see? You're going to see Luke Cook. Yeah. Talk me through, I know that you didn't realize you were doing it, but there was obviously a conscious kind of uh, motivation to, to focus on the smallest viable market. Yeah. When you told me that, I was like, yeah, that's pretty, pretty accurate. It was the, again, the patience and the time versus the experience that's collected me, you know, the clients and the online clientele that I, I would have a, a few hundred people on my file. And those people have been someone that's been like, hey, I just did this coaching with Luke. I just said to you before, I've had people join my coaching program because their friend did it and she got results. And then I used to do personal training with you. Now I want to do the online coaching. And my friend did this training coaching plan with you. And your food is amazing because you're a chef. I want to eat the food that you put on your plans. And it had just consistently evolved and evolved and evolved. And it was family or friends. And it just has always been, to believe it, the small market and the small Gola or the small Adelaide and the people that it's the word of mouth. It's still a thing. It's still, believe it or not, alive. And even some of the business coaching people that I've done before, if you can be good at staying in your word of mouth zone and promoting within the community that you've created, which is what I consistently do. I reckon I've had some people do coaching and PT for three, five years. And it just has been able to spin the wheel for me for this long. Um, and I'm Mr. Team Flexible Dieting. I know you've like incorporated a little bit into your world, but 100%. I provide meal plans that are flexible, nourishing. And the key thing is like, they're sustainable for a long period of time. And I went slightly off topic, but that's what I was passionate about as well. When we've done so many years of, I'm sure Joe's done it too. You know, you do a couple of comps, getting ready for a show and you're on chicken and broccoli. And then you learn how to use some basic flexible dieting tools within your life um, that provide you with that little bit of a flexible treat when you're like six weeks out and you just want like just a skinny cow cookie. To be able to teach that is what, what has blown up for me. And when people say Luke Cook, they think flexible dieting and they think meal plans because they're, they're tasty. With the, because uh, the, 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 whenever I tell people about smallest viable market, they're like, oh yeah, shit, that makes sense. Uh, but it's, it's almost a little bit abrasive to business people with big ambitions, right? Because they're like, well, my smallest viable market is the mass market, you know? Right. That, that's kind of where it goes. It's like, well, you know, I want to be doing, you know, seven figures and eight figures and nine figures. And I want to build a billion dollar company. So, you know, I have to be mass market. How do you, 
through your experience, how do you kind of balance those two, right? Because you're a guy with big ambitions as well. Yes, sir. Right? And and we kind of spoke about how your ambition has, I guess, kind of evolved over time. When you were when you were personal training, it was so big because it was kind of encapsulated in what you could do as a personal trainer. And then over the last five years, you transitioned to online coaching and you're like, oh no, hold on a second. It can actually, it can, it can like a balloon, right? Like you blow it up and it just keeps going and going and going and going. And now you're like, you're, you're an ambitious guy. How do you marry those two things up? Smallest viable market, right? Versus trying to grow your online coaching business to be the biggest possible business it can be. So we just spoke about that before in a little way too, because I know at some point, like this is when you take notice of the statistics of your business, something that has taken me a long time to get good at, man, still going, that it's slowing down. Like, to be honest, uh, this capacity right now, great. Could I stay here? Absolutely. Do I want to grow? Am I hungry? Fuck yeah. So I've kind of looked at it and gone, okay, it's definitely slowing down. So I've got to learn to think outside the box. So for me, I'm looking at, you know, doing things where I'm going to be able to, how many more people can I work with? How many more places can I be seen that it's, you know, today I'm here, tonight I'm working with another coach and we're working on a new program. And I think that might be a way of expanding things without losing the passion and expanding things without being like, oh, I'm just trying to chase everybody down. Um, I've just kind of, I've always had like quite a, I'd like to think of, I'm a pretty simple dude. I just kind of think of a simple strategy to think, I know it's slowing down. What can I do outside the box? But also not chase, what are we chasing? Like chase the, you know, mass marketing situations. It's not possible. So I'm not sure if that answered the question, but that's sort of where my head is at for where I'm headed. Mm. I think it's almost, you know, I, I think about this a lot, right? Because the- Well, the, yeah, you're going <clears> to, <throat> you know, it's a massive company. It's a massive, sub, supplements are huge. It's, it's one of the biggest things in the world, surely. Yeah, 100%, but it's still very niche, you know? Niche. Like, yeah, I mean, still, some people don't even know what protein powder is. Like, honestly, I know, it's, it's crazy, but yeah. it's- <laughs> What do you mean? What, what like, yeah. Right, it still exists. And, and I kind of, you know, like I, I uh, tr- struggle from time to time to marry up the two is kind of go, okay, how much bigger can we go? How much wider can we go? But at the same time, I know that that is fundamentally broken. So we need to continue to focus on the smallest viable market. So it's almost like, you know, how, how, do we, how do we go deeper into the smallest viable market rather than trying to go wider? So it comes back to kind of that narrow and deep thing rather than, you know, wide and as many people as you can possibly do. And I think ultimately what it comes back to is really focusing on, on what you want to be the best at right? What do you want to be known for? And if you can kind of drill down that uh, narrow rabbit hole, you can, like the depth of it is almost unlimited. And I think jumping in, it's one of those things where it's um, your service and my coaching service is consistently evolving to be better and better and better. So you're a returning client and I want to retain you as a client, not for 12 weeks, not for 20 weeks, but I want you to coach with me for the year. Because I've said to people, you stay with me, I'll turn you into like, you have a physique that you never thought was possible. Like, you know, not within the 
competition world, just in general. Um, and I guess that's in the same, you know, the way Massive Joe's is, has expanded. And that wall has been one of those things where those people that send you those like heartfelt messages, they're going to be a returning client to consistently buy from that website every day of the week, or they're going to restock with you. And that's you know, to know that you've got X amount of people consistently buying and consistently returning is what is the bakery, the production of the bakery. So then, you know, we don't need to search too far out the barrier because you know we've got such a great system doing its thing. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I think of as well, it's funny that, we, that we've that we stumbled across this right now in this, know, didn't in this, in this conversation. Right I don't even know how we ended up here. <laughs> but um, before you dropped in today, I was having a discussion over um, Messenger with Leah, uh, who does all of the designing for the apparel side of the business, TMJ Apparel. And then I jumped into the filming studio and I was like, Brock, I need to talk to you about this. Brock is our new um, content creator. And I was like, dude, I need to like just, I need to drop this in your in your in your think bank at the moment, and it's funny because <clears throat> what we were talking about, we've speaking, been speaking about it probably over the last few months, is we've noticed in the uh, fitness apparel space, right? A lot of the brands that we compete against, a lot of the brands that are doing similar things to TMJ Apparel, have all. It's it's weird how this happens. Almost all at the same time tried to go wide. Right? They've all tried to go and appeal to almost outside of what would be considered fitness apparel, right? And they've kind of all gone here. And so Leah and I have been talking and I was talking to Brock and I was like, man, this is literally the parting of the waters for us to go deep into what we stand for as an apparel brand and who we appeal to as an apparel brand because we're not interested in going super wide. We're interested in... You know, TMJ Apparel, for those of you listening and, and watching, you guys are aware. It's earn everything. It's NHTFS, not here to fuck spiders. It's an aspirational brand. Like we're trying to be the best possible people we can be. When we put these shirts on, right, this stands for something. This is not, this is not something that everybody gets to wear. That's not what it's about. And it's interesting how like I'm literally seeing that play out in real time is like this smallest viable market going narrow and going as deep as possible. Just questioned your thoughts about what's next, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but I'm but but my uh, why well, I know what's next. My what I'm saying is what's next for us is to go as deep as we possibly can into that brand identity, because everyone else is trying to go as wide as fucking possible. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredibly important um, business lesson and it's going to continue to get more important as people's attention gets more fragmented. Absolutely, no doubt. Big one. I want to talk a little bit about, just because you mentioned it, this word of mouth, right? Because when I talk, when I, when I talk to my um, business colleagues uh, and I talk about word of mouth marketing, uh, the usual kind of kickback is… Uh, it's dead. It's dead. It doesn't work anymore. You know, it's all about the digital ads. It's all about the retargeting. It's all about um, influencers. You know, it's all about you know, the, the kind of new new uh, frontier of marketing and word of mouth doesn't work anymore. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I've done it right, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing just fine. I'm doing just fine over here. Um <sighs> Look, I, I've I've organically grown my business as to the bar that it, it is from. I don't have like I said to you in the when we chatted before. I was like, I haven't paid. I probably have spent very minimal on any paid ads 
to collect clients. It has honestly, and I, I said, the game's changing. Social media is starting to fuck us about algorithms and reels. And I, I don't have a massive following, but I like to think of myself as the underdog, clearly. Um, and I've had the clientele word of mouth get me where I am. And I'm very humbled for that. Like you guys are legends. Thank you for staying around for so long, you know, and it's been like, go see Luke. Um, you know, I did coaching with Luke or Cook, Coek. And Josie's plans, like, uh, there's no other way around it. I can't really explain that's just how I've done. Like, they, they know that I'm a hard worker. They know that I create good plans. They know that I provide a good service and people have returned. And it's only just recently now, like you said, we're about to pivot and I need to, I need to level up. I need to learn new strategies about how to market and grow my, grow the things to a new level. But it has been, the word of mouth has been working. Like even, I've even used to be like on the tools and someone be like, oh, you're that guy that does the plans for my mate. <laughs> Literally, yeah. or on the gym, yeah. you know? So um, that's why I don't have a brand or my, my brand is Energized Fit, but I don't have apparel. Like it's never been see it or I have an ad popping up in your face all the time, you know? So I still think it's definitely, if you if you are passionate about what you do, you're good at what you do, and you are a genuine, authentic human being, you're, you will grow and spread. People will spread your word. I think it's one of the most underrated ways of marketing and yeah, advertising. Yeah. I really do. And, and here's why. Let me, let me kind of explain myself. I think that the, the, you know, you mentioned you've spent maybe a thousand bucks on digital ads um, in the history of your business. We've spent over a thousand bucks today. So <laughs> I was say, just to kind of go, you massive. Know, yeah, yeah, like we, you know, we, we spend a lot of money on digital advertising, whether it's search ads, whether it's shopping ads, whether it's um, uh, social media ads, whether it's through influencers and sponsored athletes and sponsored posts and all this shit. So we do all of that, right? So I'm not kind of coming at it from, no, 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 I've never experimented with that. I think it's the devil's fucking Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, and different do, scalable we, business, yes, obviously. So we yeah. do all of that. But this is what happens. You hit people with those top line digital advertising or whatever, whatever the top line advertising looks like, right? Whether it's a sponsored ad on Facebook or Instagram or a sponsored athlete or an influencer promoting your brand or promoting your product or whatever it is, right? That is planting the seed in someone's mind. What actually gets that person to make the purchasing decision? They go and talk to someone who they know, who has purchased with that company before or that person before or use that service before, whatever the business is. And they say, what'd you think? Right? You think about it. Like, let's just go outside of the fitness industry, right? If you, if you, if you are thinking about going to a new restaurant, right? And you've seen an ad for this restaurant or you've driven past the restaurant or however the fuck you've heard about the restaurant, but you're about to make the decision. Do I go to this restaurant or do I not? Hanji. What do you do? Yeah. You go and ask someone who's been there. I haven't been to Meat and Wine Co., but apparently it's killer. Yeah. But I might go and yep. say something totally different. Yeah. But you are right. And if you, you know gonna, you're going to go where, yeah. If you're thinking about seeing a movie, right, and you were on TikTok and you saw a, a, one of the preview clips come up as soon as you open TikTok for this new movie, and you're like, oh, I should go see that movie. And it comes to the point where you're making the decision about whether you go and invest the two hours and the 30, 40 bucks and the time and the effort and all that shit to see the movie. What do you do? Go and ask someone who's seen it. What'd you think of that movie? Yeah, it's cooked, isn't it? If you really think about it. That's how, that's how we fucking work as humans, man. Like, you know, so I, I think that, you know, to say that word of mouth is dead, 
is is just completely ignorant. And I think, you know, it depends at what scale your business is at. Like I said, we do both, right? But I understand that. And I, uh, it's not that I understand. I fucking see it, right? I see the numbers. This is why we run the uh, MJ affiliate team. The affiliate team is word of mouth. That's all it is. Right, and it it backs up all of the digital advertising and all of the influencers and the athletes and the shopping ads and the search ads and all the thousands of dollars a day that we spend on this top line digital advertising. It comes back to all right, who are people going to for advice? And I got a bomb for you. Yeah, ready, born ready. Fucking, if you take away social media, yeah, and you take away all the internet, yeah, and all the stuff like Gary V will back this every day of the week. Mm-hmm. What have you got? Word of mouth. Thank you. I'm out. That's it. That's it. End of the show. That's end of the show. <laughs> Change gears once again. Maximizing productivity. This one G's me up. This my, is my this wife. Is... My wife will tell you like, Luke has ADHD and he needs to like just calm down because I'm like bull at the gate every day, all day. Let's talk about your top tips for maximizing productivity. Real granular, strategic, practical advice that the listeners and the viewers can start implementing right now. What do you got? Get up early. Yeah. Get up early. That has been something that I know you've transitioned your training time to. Uh, a couple of years ago, I did the same thing. Probably the best thing I've ever done. I know you're up very early as well. 4 a.m. Yep. Um, I think I call it like the millionaire's hour, to be honest. Um, I work with like the only client that I have right? Um, I hope he's not listening. He is a very, very wealthy man and he's up at four every day. He sometimes starts work at 3.30. Like the dude's mental. And the, since I started waking up early, I know that I can get seven hours of work done before people are up. Um, I don't want to get too far down like the, the guru path, but I know journaling has been something for me that works very well. But when it comes to productivity, Training and getting up early are your two number one things that I find will get you started on firing on all cylinders, yeah? You get up, you do your water. I do like, you know, digestion protocols for some of my clients. You might spend time. Not everyone has time to like journal and meditate and have fucking ice baths. I get that. But if I get in the gym at 6 or 5.30 and I get an hour session done and my blood's pumping, um, I'm ready to go. And I then I jump on the laptop, do client calls, and I've already achieved what, five, six, seven hours before people are even out of bed? That's been a huge one for me over the last five years of probably the coaching. 100%. They're simple. They can't be any simpler, but people don't do it. So <laughs> how do you distinguish being busy from being productive? Funny that you say that because I I consistently am are busy. And my wife said to me one time, she's like, I feel like you just pretend that you're busy. You're not actually being productive. And when I separated the difference, you don't always have to be working like a stupid person to think that you're achieving or, you know what I mean? Like some days I can be very efficient and then sit back and be like, I've done what I needed to do. I think it's a case of prioritizing what's important, what you need to get done for the day. I'm a massive with obviously um, time scheduling. I'm, I love a bigger, like Elon Musk. I need to have stuff done and I time block and I will go 20 minutes on this task, create some content. I need to get heaps better at the marketing strategy shit, but then I'll go client check-ins. Everyone knows that they got to check in by 10 a.m. Otherwise you don't hear from me. So yeah, I'm massive for being up early, time blocking, training. 
time blocking? What, do you do 20-minute blocks, 30-minute blocks, 15-minute blocks? It depends on the task. Yeah, depends on the task. Clients will have a certain, probably like a couple of hours of client check-ins. Yeah. But when it comes to, I love a good 20-minute. I did read and I love reading. Um, I love the podcast. I love like learning and educating. And I've done a lot of personal growth for the last couple of years. And I've said to clients as well, like, or people in different spaces, like 20 minutes you can obtain a lot of information. You can be very productive and then fucking get outside. Go straight outside for a walk, do another 10, 20 minutes of walking and then come back inside and then continue studying or continue doing your job, whatever it may be. I'm sure you've studied, you, you've got many degrees. So what did you do for your productivity, sir? Uh, well, I, I can't tell you what I did do in the past because that is outdated. Yes. <laughs> I can tell you what I do now, right? Because as I, as I, I mean, it's part, it's part of personal growth, right? And the, the more responsibilities that you have, like you, I mean, we're both married, you've got kids, I don't have kids yet, but it's something that I would like don't to- Don't do it, no. <laughs> <laughs> something my wife and I um, are planning on doing something pretty soon. But, you know, as you progress through life, like you've just got more shit going on, right? So you, you're- the way that you uh, approach productivity should change, right? So if I tell you what I did back when I was at university 10 years ago that made me productive so and true. got me my two first-class honors degrees, that would not even fucking sprinkle on what I do now. Yeah, for sure. So I can tell you what I do now from a productivity perspective, and you'll find this quite interesting. So I time block as well, 30 minutes. So from when I get up at 4 in the morning to when I go to sleep at nine, well, it goes from four to nine. Nine at night, 30 minute blocks. I can, I can show you on my computer. You're like one of those guys who go like Google, like the Google diary and it's like many colors. Are you, well, like I use, it's colors. funny, I use, I use sheets. I use Google Sheets. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, I've set up yeah. like yeah. A, a sheet, right? That's kind of, it, it, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey. It's called, I call it my accountability. I know when I walked it's in the door, you're like, hang on, man, I just finished up with this meeting. I'm going to come see you in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're not even bullshitting. Yeah. Like literally yeah. I came out, I was shooting a video for our sponsored athlete team and I walked past and I was like, oh, Luke's here. <laughs> right. And you were early, yeah. not surprised. Yeah. And I was like, hold on a second. Let me just go. Because I literally had from 12.30 to 1, I'm doing this. And then Luke's going to be here at 1. And then we're going to from 1. And you've scheduled heaps of time for me, man. Yeah. 100%, man. Yeah. No, yeah, I absolutely. Honestly think people don't do that enough. And actually in one of my mentoring programs that I run that I'm looking to launch hard in the new year, yeah. um, which is called Recalibrate. Recalibrate your reality. And it is one that you get people to evaluate what the fuck they're doing in a day. Where are your priorities? Where are your, obviously goals a bit stretched far apart, but like, what are you actually doing in a day? What's high priority? What's low priority? And I found some people were just like scrolling. I don't have TikTok, stupid. 30 minutes or I'm not, I was on the phone for two hours. And then all of a sudden, like you, they, people that don't achieve enough in 24 hours, then at the end of the month and the end of the year, they look at what they've achieved. And I know it's a bit hardcore, but it's just like, you fucking span the wheels for 12 months. I'm like hard on getting much achieved in a week. You know, But you were day. busy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's no points for busy. No points for busy. No. It's productive. So. Big fan. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one more question for you. Okay. This is it. You've mentioned a couple of times in our chat today that you kind of feel like you've fumbled your way through the last 15 years. I did say that when I said that. <laughs> your face was like, what? Because <laughs> I, I wrote it down because I wanted to come back to it. You said you kind of feel like you've, you, you, you know, you've fumbled your way through and you've kind of you know, um, just somehow ended up the successful coach that you are, right? 
I have this, um, uh, technically it's not mine. I borrowed it from Steve Jobs. So Steve, Steve. (laughs) thanks Steve, the late great Steve Jobs. Um, So Steve in his Stanford commencement speech, right? And I've spoken about this a number of times on this podcast and I talk about it in keynote speeches and whatnot. But um, he talks about how you, you can't join the dots of your life looking forwards. You can only ever join them from where you are looking back. And when you look back, you can kind of go, like in your situation, all right, you know what? I came out of school, I went and I was a chef. And that taught me work ethic and discipline and how to work long hours. I took that and I applied that as a PT. And I was a PT for 10 years. And that taught me about the importance of time in the game and experience. And obviously all of the practical experience that came with training people and what they need help with and so on and so forth. Then I kind of took that and I, and, and, and I applied that to my online coaching business. But then I went back to my chef days and pulled that together from the meal planning perspective. And I've applied that plus my competitive experience. And that's kind of led me to to, to where I am and a whole bunch of other little dots, right? I've just picked a few that we've spoken about today. Joseph's giving me like timeline therapy and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, joining the dots, looking backwards. My first, uh, I said I had one more question, but I got two questions. My first question is from where you are now, looking back, does it make sense? Yeah, everything happens for a reason. And when you even lay it out like that, they all just complement each other. I think that's probably the best word to explain it. They've just, they've all allowed me to evolve and change and grow to where I am now. And that's been pretty humbling and very, very cool. It's all just somehow come together beautifully. Always does. Mm. Always does. My next question on that, and this is, this is super important. And I think if there's, I'm happy that we're kind of closing out the episode with this because I think if there's one piece of value that is going to overarch everything we've spoken about over the last hour or so, it's going to be this. I, um, so I see a psychologist. I see a shrink, right? Part of my personal development. Sit down with her once a month, once every six weeks or so, and we just talk about, you know, things that are that are going through my mind, things I've been struggling, struggling with, things that I need help kind of thinking through and whatnot. It's been, been seeing her for oof, over five years now. Uh, and it's been one of the best things that I've ever done for my personal development. Uh, and I know that a lot of listeners and viewers will be, will be shocked to hear that. They're like, oh man, Josie's a psychologist. What and I want to put What's one, wrong with yeah, him? Yeah, I know. And I want to put one in there too, because I still think you know, personal development is something people are still not doing. Um, you know, men's health, mental health, you know, relationships. There's so many forms of coaching that you can get now. And to hear you doing that, I was pumped because I was like, how much can you learn and obtain in tools or the way you communicate and speak to people? That's going to help you become like your ultimate self. Yeah. And that's probably helped you in more ways than it can ever. You couldn't, you know, express some of these things to your wife and family members and all that type of stuff. Impossible. Until you can start unlocking the box and investing in personal development, mm. that's going to get you to like your ultimate potential. So I, I commend you on doing stuff like that. And like I've hired, I've hired like I've had a business coach, relationship coach, and I've got a like a my physique coach, mm. three coaches. Mm. People are like what the hell? Mm. But I wouldn't be where I am today successful wise and like knowledge wise to have these cool conversations with someone like yourself if we didn't do this cool stuff. So you guys should like, if anything you can do, go hire yourself coach. 
pick something that you want to learn more about or that you need to experiment with in your own personal self mm. and fucking hire someone. Mm. 100%. Mm. So I see a psychologist and one of the things that, that has come up consistently over the last few chats that we've had is, you know, she said to me what she sees in her um, field and she deals with a lot of business people, right? And what, she, what she's seen over the last couple of years is there's a lot of chaos, right? Obviously coming into the pandemic, there was like one in a hundred year pandemic. Of course, it's going to be chaotic. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen next? But post-pandemic now, over the last 12 months, over the last six months, fuck man, we still had bloody uh, vaccination mandates six months ago, all sorts of shit. It's crazy to think that was only six months ago. Now they've dropped them all. Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> Fucking, anyway, that's, that's a topic <laughs> for a different, different podcast. Yeah. It's still too soon. But anyway, over the last, you know, 12 months and even six months, there's a lot of chaos post-pandemic, right? And you've got, um, you know, all of the effects of all of the money that was pumped into the pandemic. You know, you got inflation and you've got values of currencies dropping and you've got all of this crazy shit happening. And our conversations have been, well, her conversations to me have been, you know, she's seeing a lot of people through the chaos feeling like they're kind of fumbling through it, right? And feeling like it's, it's all, like all you can do is deal with just this right now figure out what to do, and then take the next step. And I think where I'm kind of going with this, and I know it kind of feels like I'm taking the listeners and the viewers down a, down a garden <laughs> path. I am a little That's bit. what we've been doing. But I'm very cognizant of the fact that a lot of people are experiencing this chaos right now. And for a lot of the listeners and the viewers of this podcast, because of their age, this is the first time that they've really dealt with chaos like this. And where I'm tying this into joining the dots looking backwards, right, is through your experience, you've, you've gone through periods, not pandemic-related chaos, but chaos where you just kind of feel like you're just fumbling, right? You're just taking one foot and putting it in front of the other and just taking the next step and just dealing with this. And, but you get to a point where you can look back and you go, oh, I felt chaotic at the time and it felt like I was fumbling at the time. But looking back, I can see how all those dots joined. What advice in that regard can you give to the listeners and the viewers who at the moment feel like they're fumbling through life? I think you need to find a purpose. I think you need to find your true purpose or like your true potential. I've always had direction about fumbling. <laughs> you know, I said to you like, yeah, I feel like I've just fumbled through the fitness industry because at first I was like, all I did was I was a personal trainer. I didn't overcomplicate it, but that's what I did. And then all of a sudden it was like, now I, I enjoy doing this. Yeah, and we said, you, obviously you got goals, we got ambitions, we project these things that we want to achieve. But sometimes I think it's been good to be in the present moment and focus on what you can control. Mm -hmm. And what I can control right now is being the best personal trainer, being the best online coach, being the best father, being the best husband. And you need to be able to put yourself in a place of alignment with your purpose, with your values, and that will help you overcome the chaos. You need to have clear direction about, um, you know, the job that you're in, or maybe if you're in the wrong job, and that's through the pandemic, where you want to be going, you know, perhaps changing, you know, like you said, pivot and shift and, and attaching that to the purpose. Like that, that's my thing, I would say. All while having faith that you will get to a point where you'll be able to look back and join all those dots. 
I think that's really important for for the listeners and the viewers to to really embrace that almost like a fucking mantra, right? Is go, where I am now, it feels chaotic. It feels like I'm fumbling. It feels like, I don't know what the fuck the next day is going to bring. But I have absolute faith that if I control my controllables, like you said, actions, responses, effort, attitude, if I continue to put one foot in front of the other, if I continue to focus on what's in front of me right now, figure out a way through that, continue to move forward, I will get to a point, whether it's 2023, 24, 25, 2030, 2035, who the fuck cares? I will get to a point where I will be able to look back and understand how what felt like chaos and fumbling at the time were actually the dots joining perfectly the way they always were supposed to. What's next, man? What's next for Luke? We where are we heading? Heading we're new 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 stages in the business. Well, I think we just caught it. We were off camera, on camera. We've uh, been talking many things, and I guess for me now, it's just hurt, learn to scale the business in a very controllable state. I never want to lose. Um, like, you know, joining energized personal training, you get some random person join. I, I want to be very, very careful about how that transitions. Um, my eight-week challenge has been a booked out, sold out eight-week challenge. I give away a $2,000 holiday. I'm going to awesome. make that even better than before. And I'm looking to mentor people. We talked about that. And you're truly passionate about working with people one-on-one. -on -one. That's where I've headed into the space of like so much personal development. I want to help people with that as well. You know, whether that is a personal trainer, you run a you're a tradie and those sorts of things. So for me, working with someone one-on-one -on -one and helping them provide them with the tools that I've acquired to get where I am, um, you know, to find more purpose, more mental clarity, how to improve, uh, improve their productivity, how to get lean, get shredded, be the, you know, the most unlimited human being you can, then that's what I'm here for. So um, I'm your hype guy. And um, yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's been a really good ride. Man, thank you so much. I'm super excited to see what uh, the evolution of the next chapter looks like for you. Um, you know, we've, uh, as you mentioned at the start of the show, we've known each other for many, many years and we've kind of crossed paths through different you know, elements of the fitness industry. And obviously we're very aligned at the moment. Uh, and I'm just super excited to, to see um, you continue to win, man. It's fucking, it's good shit. And I'm still, cha still chasing that top spot, Joe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> top affiliate spot. Top affiliate spot. Luke, uh, man, where can the listeners and the viewers find you? Where's the best place? Just at Luke Cook. Very simple. Not Cook, co co not Coek. Yeah, it's but cook. spell it though. Oh, yeah. Because sorry. if you don't spell yeah. it, everyone's going to go L U K E C O O K. Yeah, so which is not the yeah, correct it's Luke. not the right one. So K O E K, guys. Um, just my Instagram and anything energized personal training on the Facebook page that I still use quite frequently. Yeah. If you ever want to reach out or jump on a call to see how I can help you um, and jump aboard in some of the coaching platforms that I offer, um, I'd very much love to um, have a chat. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, you know, just to give you a little plug, uh, if you guys are looking for an online coach that really specializes in the flexible dieting type meal plan, you don't call it flexible dieting, but… Um, flexible nourishment, I think flexible it Flexible nourishment. Too many just been taking the piss off for too long. Yeah, now, yeah. With, you know, with a real focus on, on meals that are going to help you… Uh, move towards your fitness goals. I mean, Luke is the guy that you should definitely be hitting up. And whether that's in a coaching capacity, whether that's in an eight-week challenge capacity, um, there's a few different bits and pieces that you have on offer there. So at Luke, L-U-K-E, 
K-O-E-K. K-O-E-K. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you want to see him. Man, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure. Thank you, my brother. Thank you for the time. I know we've gone a little bit over what I wanted to, but uh, but I think we've, de- we've delivered a whole bunch of uh, value for the listeners and the viewers. You guys know the one thing that we ask in return, uh, if you have enjoyed this episode of the podcast, we don't advertise things on this podcast. We don't run ads for this podcast. It's it's funny. It's completely word of mouth. Word of mouth. Right? We've yeah, spoken about boy. it. That's how we've grown this into an over million download podcast. And it's crazy for me, man, because like every episode we drop now, it's it's unreal. I was um, the uh, episode, uh, the last episode that we did, I was posting screenshots of the iTunes um, top charts and right this podcast sits within like guys that I look up to wow. uh, like we've got um, Tom Bilyeu's Impact Theory and we've got Jordan Peterson in there and we've got Ryan Holiday's Daily Stoic and then there's the Fitness Times Business Podcast I'm like what the fuck am I doing in there what is this crazy you're making an impact man. oh man you're making it's, an but impact but and the way that we've done that is through you guys um, sharing the show person to person Word of mouth. Um, one of the really cool ways that I really love seeing it shared is taking a screenshot, posting it in your Instagram story, and tagging Luke, L U K E K O E K, on Instagram, tagging myself, Joseph Mansell, and Luke and I will see those tags. We'll repost as many of them as we possibly can as well. Uh, Luke, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your wisdom. I know the listeners and the viewers have gotten a lot out of it. I hope so. Guys, you could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you are here with us. We appreciate that. Until next time, catch you on the flip side. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening. A couple of things to round out. Firstly, if you've yet to subscribe to the Fitness Times Business Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure you do that right now so you don't miss any future episodes. Secondly, if you guys took some value from this episode, the one thing we ask in return is that you share the show. And finally, if you've yet to leave us a five-star, rating. Make sure you do that before the next episode.